Hola familia, it's Yessie here. Hey, this is Edith. And today we have a full house in my house. <laughs> <laughs> we ate some brunch, we're drinking some 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 orange juice <laughs> with maybe something else in it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we we have our men here and they are currently just watching football in, in silence. <laughs> We pretty much made them to watch it in silence, but yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Edith, how are you? I'm doing really good. It's been a really good week. I have a very busy weekend. Uh, one of my friends is getting married this weekend, Yay! and then um, we have a quince for the family. Mm-hmm. I feel like my family always has something going on. They do. Yeah, <laughs> y'all do. We really do. Perks of having a big family, though. That is true. But then sometimes you, like, overbook or <laughs> double book, like today. I have my friend's wedding, and then I have to go to my family's quince. But and you had to do this, too. And then I had to do this. But I love it. I mean, I yeah. feel like it's all about time management. And we're doing good. We already had breakfast. We had some drinks. We're so, recording. <laughs> speaking of time management, Edith is, in our friend group is just like notorious for like being late all the time. That and is this, true. <laughs> and this morning, um, oh no, last night, Kurt and I fell asleep late and he was like, we have to wake up early, right? And I was like, nah, don't worry about it. The Lada's are always like late. And they were on time today. We were actually 20 minutes early. <laughs> and we were like scrambling to just get everything ready for them to like start cooking. And so we just started eating and it's like 12, 12, 19 right now. But we just finished eating like what, like 20 minutes ago? Uh, probably. But I, I told her, I was like, I want to change my title. I don't want to be known as the one that is always late. But I guess. Yeah. I need to start being late again. <laughs> yeah now you're just gonna surprise us every time we're gonna have to be ready for you that is true but um, what about you how are you doing i'm doing good um i took a social media break i uh, i think it was just like my body just kind of like responding to like my mental health and stuff um and just taking a break from from it because i think i whenever i start to get too much into social media i think i start comparing my life to other people's Mm. and like where they are in their life and where i am in my life and like a lot of them are like traveling a lot and then i get fomo for that and then i get sad about it (laughs) (laughs) and i get yorona about it (laughs) but yeah oh i actually got my uh a tarot cards read on monday how was that it was really nice i my focus was kind of talking more about like any money blocks that i might have and she was like girl you don't have any money blocks you just need to embrace yourself and once you embrace yourself and do what you love the money will start flowing and so i'm like okay okay i feel like i just need to accept me for me I feel like that's a first-gen issue, right? Like, I feel like sometimes we think that we're not big enough or yeah, we, that we're not able to make it up yeah. there. Well, there's also, like, a lot of imposter syndrome with that being first-gen. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a topic that we can talk about further into this. That is true. We can. I mean, I feel like it would be a really good topic that a lot of people can relate with. I mean, I can relate with it, too. Um, which... Um, I think that not like you know when it comes to money talking and everything and as a first gen can be really really hard that it would take us a whole other 
other episode to talk about. Oh, yeah. But we, we can't dive into that right now. That is true. <laughs> we have a whole other topic for today. Um, our topic for today that we're going to be talking about is difficult conversations to have with parents. Ooh. <laughs> I got it's spooky season. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that question is just it's already like, mm, I don't know. There's so many that, yeah, it's a, it's like a loaded, like a really loaded topic. I think we cover a lot of different topics that we want to cover individually, but I think today's is just kind of focusing on how do we talk to our parents about this and maybe like how they talk to us about this, whether they do or they don't mm-hmm. and all that jazz. That is true. And I feel like us, just a person in general like that's what we were talking about this morning about parenting and all of that i feel like it's it's hard to have some conversations with parents especially for in my case very traditional parents who have their sets of like my kids are gonna be like this like that like that like yeah las expectativas que nos ponen exactly and wanting to like honor those of like Mm -hmm. this is the person that i raised you to be and there's like this fine line of like the person they raised us to be but also like our own person, like our own selves, because as much as they raised us and they instilled their ideas and beliefs in us, like we also are able to create our own ideas and beliefs. And Mm -hmm. I think I I know that I've had very difficult conversations with my mom and my dad about those, but we can dive into that in a minute. Definitely. So what we did this week was to reach out to our followers and our familia shout out and we are very grateful that you guys are sharing your experiences because this is the whole point of this podcast is to connect with you guys Mm -hmm. and also talk about that connection that we have with you guys as well so we just asked everyone and we were like what were or are some difficulty conversations that you have with parents Mm -hmm. or that you had Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because maybe sometimes now as a grown-up or as an adult Maybe you don't have those conversations anymore because you're like, I'm a parent of my own. Yeah, and then it's your turn to have those conversations exactly. with your children exactly. eventually. Yeah. So um, one of the first responses that we had was telling my parents that I was pregnant without being married. Ooh. I was like, ooh, that's a good one. That was a really good one. Porque en la familia hispana, like, being pregnant out of marriage is like, Ay, Dios mío. Yeah. Right? Like, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, it's admitting to several different things, I think. Like, it's admitting to having sex, mm-hmm. just in general. Mm-hmm. It's admitting to, like, saying, no. like, I didn't follow your expectations mm-hmm. of me. And I don't know about you, but, like, myself, I grew up Catholic, so a lot of time that also brings up religion. Like, you know, the religion believes of having sex out of marriage and like having a child out of marriage too without being married that's like a big thing for hispanics too yeah. and like the latino community in general and it's just kind of like that thing of like ¿Qué? ¿Estás embarazada? like ¿Estás casada? it's those kind of things of and i personally cannot relate with that but i have seen that a lot in my family and um just in general with family and friends um I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of times that also comes a lot with 
like dating too yeah like yeah but let's 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 like sit on sex for a minute mm -hmm. i like how we just came in hard <laughs> you were like Whew, sex it's sex okay <laughs> i feel like this response have so much to it's, there's a lot of layers to that yeah okay so to have conversations within sex in general like not just saying like mom dad i had sex <laughs> i just had sex <laughs> I used to laugh at Yessie because when we were talking about this topic, <laughs> she was like, ooh, can we have a conversation on sex hole? Sex hole? And I was like, can you just say sex in a normal tone of voice? So sex hole. <laughs> See, you reminded me, now I'm going to do it. Oh, my God. Um, anyways. <laughs> you know, so just like within sex, like the conversation of like, the first time that I had sex, like, with my mom was, like, I was just not going to tell my mom. Because growing up, mommy wanted me to be, like, very, like, you have to be, you have to, like, <laughs> the first thing that pops into my, my head is, like, you have to sit with your legs closed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here with, like, yeah. Right? So, like, you have to be very proper. No te puedes llevar con los hombres. You can't joke around with them. Like, you have mm -hmm. to, like, carry yourself in a respectful manner. And me, being the rebellious soul that I am, I was always like, but why? Like, they get to do all that shit. Like, mm -hmm. why can't I? Exactly. And so, I've always had that, <laughs> that mindset. So, whenever, like, growing up, anything that I did, I wouldn't tell my mom. I was just, I would... You know, I, I come off as just, like, very good. But mommy knows what she has, and she knows that I'm pretty cabrona. So, so it is what it is. But anyways, I remember I lost my virginity at age 19 in college. Um, shout out, Fabian. <laughs> what? <laughs> Babe, he's married already. It's fine. <laughs> Well, moving on. Maybe we can cut that piece out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Um yeah. So I went home like the summer that summer between twenty <laughs> 2013 and i was doing my mom's hair or makeup or something like we were just bonding and mm. stuff and um <laughs> and and she like asked me like she wasn't looking at me i think i was doing her hair because i was behind her and she's like have you lost your virginity yet and i'm like no <laughs> and she's like you're lying to me because she's really good at picking up lies and I was like, okay, Which fine. mother isn't <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. Yes, I have. And so she, like, asked me. She's like, it was this guy, right? And I was like, mm, yeah. And then she's like, and that's all you've done? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, and so it was a very emotional conversation that I had with my mom, where, like, where she, like, cried. And she was like, I just always wanted you to wait until marriage. And so it was really hard for me to have that conversation because I feel like I definitely – felt like this part of me kind of like failed her to mm -hmm. some extent but then like like that you know you only get one man for the rest of your life 
And you know, that's the thing about sex. At such a young age. Yeah, I feel like that's sex. Like, that's the thing with sex and, like, very traditional parents. Or just parents in general who were, who grew up very different than we were. Like, you know, especially in my case, like, my my mom was, she grew up in a rancho. Like, she grew up in a very small town, which is very, like, traditional, very, um, very kind of, like, of high expectation stuff, like, you're going to be married before you have kids kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like our parents thought that we were going to do the same thing, like, you know, that we were going to get married and then have kids. But mm-hmm. if you really look at it now, there's so many Latinos and Latinas out there who are like, no, like, you know, I'm going to have my family first and then I'm going to get married or maybe not. Like, yeah. you know, and it's okay. And I feel like that's a really hard conversation to have with parents because Sometimes it's like you telling them, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. It's porque es algo diferente. Like, yo no pienso así como tú. Mm-hmm. Or yo no pienso así. And, and it's okay. And I feel like even now there's still some Latinos out there who do want to do the whole traditional stuff. Yeah. Which is great. Like, yeah, you know? it's great for you guys. And it's great. And I feel like it, it gives us those kind of like two different views of yeah. like sex being a very difficult conversation yeah. to have. Yeah. And, and you know... I think, like, these difficult conversations kind of come into place when, like, we're not agreeing on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and being first generation and growing up, we're so we're so exposed not only to our traditions and our ideas and beliefs coming from our family, mm-hmm. but also in developing our own as we're going through, like, college, as we're learning stuff. So, like, within life in general. So it, it's a very different mix of, like, wanting to... Yes, stay stay within these boundaries that your parents create, but then also like wanting to get out of that a little bit and exploring some more. Yeah. Um, and I feel like one thing that merges a lot with this, I know that we we're talking about sex. It's all about like the traditions, like mm-hmm. you know, it's like that religion part of it. Yeah. It, it, well, it's based mm-hmm. off of you know you know that that religion, religion part of like oh yeah you're not gonna get married you're not gonna have kids before you get married because it's a sin because it's a sin or you're not gonna sleep like be in this under the same roof or live with someone without being married Mm -hmm. it it all comes to it and a lot of times also merges to the idea of like oh you have a kid okay now you have to get married Uh uh-huh like a lot of pressure into that exactly yeah i gotta say like within like religion i i don't think so my family grew up mostly like Catholic whenever I was going through, I think through like middle school and then high school, we transitioned to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, so things were a little bit different, but for a while there, I did believe that I was going to wait till marriage, um, like before college and stuff. And then things kind of st- like perspectives and like curiosity started to just kind of dull in me and just kind of think more of that. And it started me... It started to be, like, having these weird conversations. Not weird conversations, but, like, difficult conversations with my mom where we talk more about that and how she's like, no, 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 you're wrong. And there's such, like, resistance with, like, I guess with our parents because they're somewhat, like, more traditional than us. Yeah. Where they're like, no, this is the right way. You have to do it the right way, not the wrong way because then you're going to be shunned from the family or you're going to be the the black sheep from the yep. family and that it's that's not always a fun place to be <laughs> you will be the cousin that your tias will be talking about no seas como ella 
uh-huh. or don't end up like that cousin. Yeah. Which is sad to think about it. Like, it shouldn't be, like, a... a Shunning. There shouldn't be any shame yeah. in all that. Exactly. Like, I feel like everybody has... Which, I feel like everyone should have their own way. Like, you know, I mean, if you... You know, life happens. Maybe you have your journey of, like, having kids first and then getting married. Or getting married and then have kids. Um, I honestly, like... I personally will want to have, uh, be married and then have kids just to enjoy my marriage before mm-hmm. I have children. But I also don't have like a negative, like a negative view of like okay. people who do. Yeah, the because other way. I mean, whatever happens, happens, you know. But mm-hmm. it, it is definitely like a very hard conversation to have with parents, just because, at least in my view, like my parents got married first and then they had me because i'm the oldest mm-hmm. <laughs> um but so they're they have this of like oh our children are gonna follow the same steps yeah yeah but, i agree i mean yeah i mean even with like religion i think mommy definitely sometimes tried to like put religion like for, like put it all up in our face and stuff and and it was met with like oh i don't want to do this anymore kind of mm-hmm. like resistance from us um, but I think, like, with the years going by and stuff, I I, I swayed away from just, like, religion. And that was a, a hard conversation with my mom, too. And I had to kind of, like, sprinkle it in here and there. Of like, oh, I don't know. I have these questions. And I think the way to kind of have these conversations with them is to sprinkle them in, not have, like, a thorough, like, sit down and talk about it. Yeah. It's, like, just... Yeah, I don't know. Just that that's how I did it with my mm-hmm. mom unintentionally. This wasn't something that I planned to do. It just kind of happened where we would be driving and then we would she would ask like are you going to church? Are you doing these things? I was like, "No, but I have been reading a lot about this. I have been looking into this of like spirituality and just like energy and earth and and stuff like that and becoming a lot more spiritual now we're op- we're able to have those like deep conversations about ideas and beliefs that we have and compare them and it's like really like mentally stimulating and stuff so and one thing about that you're talking about and connected to sex and everything i feel like parents don't really give us the sex talk <laughs> like you know it's those kind of those things of yeah, I'm pregnant, and then they're like, "Y por qué?" Like, yeah, ¿Cómo? I'm like, because <laughs> well, you never gave me the sex song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I, I, I remember. I specifically remember the sex talk for me was like, "You're gonna want to do things. Don't do them. Wait until marriage." Pero si algún día te embarazas y me, sa- me sales con tu domingo y siete, si, domingo siete, domingo siete, ya no vas a vivir aquí. Mm-hmm. And so I think for the longest time, I was so scared of just like getting pregnant. Like I joke about it even now where I'm like, I think if I were to get pregnant now, I'd be scared to tell my mom. Dude, that's how I feel. Like I'm 28 years old and like, I'm, I'm, I'm still having that like little back of my head. I'm like, oh, if I do get pregnant now, like what, are my, what is my family going to think? What is my family going to think? Que no embarazada. Like, no, my family's probably thinking, no, no, this girl needs to get pregnant because she's already getting old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? I don't know. Because I think it is so true. I think I still have that talk in the back of my head of like, no puede salir embarazada because. It's like very fear based. It's not like, explorative. It's not like, mm-hmm. 
it's very much like if you'd mess up these are the consequences and you're not gonna have any support exactly however i do know that if i would have gotten pregnant when i was like younger i would have definitely gotten support from my parents that's but. the thing with our latino parents like our hispanic community is that they always say no te voy a ayudar te vas a ir de la casa ah but when the baby comes now you can stay the yeah. baby can stay ay mi nieto mi nieta yeah like, they, yeah. they they put that fear on us. Yeah, not all parents though, because oh. well, yeah, like those super true. strict ones. And my heart goes out to all those like definitely. girls that definitely got shunned from their family and that stuff. That is so true. Because, girl, my heart goes out to you. Definitely, and I hope that whoever you are and wherever you're at right now, hopefully you're getting the support that you need. Mm-hmm. On your own terms, too. Yeah, with with your parents or without your parents, whoever it is, because it's hard like you know just raising a child whether you know with a partner or not like it's just hard in general mm-hmm. and and it's those kinds of conversations that parents don't have with us and it's so hard for us to have with them yeah like it's not like us eating oh so what about kids mom and dad like what about sex like it's those kind of conversations. like you're not able to just bring that to the dinner table <laughs> like that's something that you have to go hide in a closet with someone else like with yeah. your cousin and kind of talk about it because exactly not that i did that <laughs> <laughs> anyways um so yeah i i agree those conversations are hard i one thing though like yo siempre he sido bien noviera like i've always like to have boyfriends Mm-hmm. no attention attachment style shit you know uh anyways um with like dating i was always told espera hasta que tengas 15 años oh. pero no la niña quiso tener novio en el kinder <laughs> this girl su novio del kinder de la primaria yeah my 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 kinder best friend took him from me and she was like don't talk to him because he got me mad today but anyways I don't remember their names or else I would give them a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my parents would always be like, you can't have a boyfriend until you're 15. Um, and then they, and then whenever I turned 15 and I was like, okay, I've had boyfriends. My mom made me choose between like, you can have a quinceanera or you can have a boyfriend because like technically. That's how it was for me too. And I ended up choosing the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ask ask me people? if I'm with him still. No. Pero tú? <laughs> oh, is that the one you're wearing? No. <laughs> no, no. No, but I feel like at that time you have that mentality of like, oh, I want to like, you know, have the boyfriend and everything because maybe your friends are doing it. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, or yeah. you just want to try it out or you want to like, yeah. you're curious about it because who isn't at 15? Yeah. And also like having the conversations with them of like well why does my brother get to go hang out with his girlfriend well, because you have an older brother right? yeah so. but he's like a year older like there's not much of a difference there but, but it was always like like él puede hacer todo y tú no porque él es hombre yeah. but that's another conversation for another day because ooh, i can go off on that <laughs> topic <laughs> well i can't relate because i'm the oldest but um one thing that she did say that i could relate a lot was the quinceanera I like growing up, my family, my well, my mom was mostly the one that was like, "You can't dance with other guys until you turn fifteen, or not, you're not gonna have a quinceanera. You can't have a boyfriend until you're fifteen because you're not gonna have a quinceanera." And my biggest dream, oh, 
was to have a quinceañera. I thought, it was, I thought you were going to say it to have a boyfriend. No, that was your biggest dream, girl. <laughs> that was your biggest dream. My biggest dream was to, um, you know, it was to just have a quinceañera. And I was just like, yep. Serving all of these, I will go to the dance to the vi- to the violas in Mexico. I'm like no, and then um, like joking, my family has You're always so proper eating. Yeah, my family has always been a big. They have always been big teasers, and then they will be like, ah, la Eddie andaba bailando en el baile. Ya no le van a hacer quinceañera. Ya no le van a hacer quinceañera. Like no, I wasn't. I was dancing with my cousin. <laughs> Era mi primo. <laughs> I bet Tote was always trying to get a chance to dance with you. <laughs> no, I actually met him when I turned 15. So, <laughs> no, he's lying because I met him when I was 15. So, I, I was I was dancing already. Ya lo que dicen, I was a bailadora. Ya era una bailadora. You were, que, like, you were the one being like, y'all wouldn't dance with me? <laughs> no, he asked me. And my tias have this thing of like, when you're 15, you have to dance with everybody who asks you to dance. Oh, damn. Because now you're like a whole, like... Señora. No, señorita. Que Ay. ya estás para el público for everyone to, like... So cringe. To, to like, meet the boyfriend because now you can date, right? Yeah. So, when I met Tote, was at 15. But that's a whole other story. Did you story. live in a Mexican Bridgerton <laughs> era or something? Pretty much. I think so. <laughs> I think Mantequilla, like, that's the name of my mom's rancho. Was the little Bridgerton? Not thinking about it. Well, wait, Mantequillaton. <laughs> Mantequillaton. <laughs> Not thinking about it. I think so. I mean, yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, we can start talking about all that's a whole other story about dating. Yeah. But yeah, like the whole vibe of like, you can't marry my daughter because you're poor, or you can't marry my my son mm-hmm. because you don't come from a good family, and we are. Yeah damn okay well we're gonna have to well, we can we can name that the episode name mantequilla tin or brit brit bridger tinish no, no. Ma- I like mantequilla tin. okay I, I like mantequilla tin. okay where were we <laughs> um college oh that was another one having that conversation with them yeah so one of our response from the our question was that it was a very hard conversation like a very hard conversation to have with parents was telling them that they're going to move out and go to college away from home. Mm-hmm. Very, and I can see that. I mean, I went to San Marcos, which is only 45 minutes away from Austin, and my mom was like crying her eyes out. So imagine having that same conversation with someone that went to another state or maybe another country too, like people who Ooh, study yeah, abroad. That's and true. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think, like, traditionally, los Latinos, like, you stay home until you get married. That is true. You, literally, like, you stay Mm -hmm. home until you get married. And coming in into a different country where, like, it's it's more traditional in, in this country to, like, leave home at 18. Like, that is a time. So it's really hard to kind of stay, stay away from that or stray away from that idea that, you know, I do have to move somewhere to gain some independence because within the Latino community or Hispanos, like, we are very family-focused. Um, we, Like I said, we stay home until we get married and we help out the family mm-hmm. um, or usually take on the job that they have. And I think another thing with that is, like, if you go up to your parents and be like, hey, mom and dad, 
I'm, I'm moving away for college, like somewhere far, is your way of like, falle como papá, because mm. you're moving away. Like you said, they're moving away before they are married. Yeah, so or like, they, they hate it. Yeah, they don't, they don't like this environment. Or, and I can see a lot of parents maybe thinking that way too. I mean, it wasn't my, my experience, but I think so. Like, even, I don't know, like you moved a little bit more further than I did. But how was yours? Mine, I, I think at that point, I was very much trying to flee from home. And it, that, that kind of just has to do more with, like, my dynamics with my own family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was needing some space and some, like, a lot of growing up to do. Because I think that if I would have grown up there, things would I would have been completely different. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like if you would have stayed there, you would have been more traditional than you are right now? I think against my, like, my... I don't know that I would be... Maybe not very traditional. I think I, I would not necessarily be enforced to, but I think I would have fallen into that of yeah. like maybe like getting married sooner, having children sooner, um, maybe having different ideas and moralities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think that like staying there, I, I would have, I could be a lot more different. Um but I don't know that I would have enjoyed that because I've always been very rebellious against traditional values and norms. Um, and I've always wanted to make my own way in life. Mm-hmm. And I have that very, I have that kind of like spirit in me. So I don't know that I would have been as happy as I am here. And I feel like you know, that's the thing, like we're two, we're very different. Like I, she's very, I feel like, rules for me were made for me to follow and i feel like for yesi rules were made for her to break like you know it's I th- that i think like between... when, when it comes to home stuff yeah yes but i mean i've, I've always been a, like follow the rules kind of girl like in school oh yeah and like other places but i think at home i did fight against those ideas and beliefs that they would set on me but yeah i agree and i think in that case for like moving away for college from my experience, I can see why it was so hard for my mom was just that, I mean, I think about it two things. I feel like first is it was hard for her because I'm the oldest. Just kind of like, oh, the one who's helping me and do all of these things, my responsible, my, 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 the one that is my kind of like, the one doing everything for me is moving away. What am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Or like, she was so comfortable or used to me constantly like, doing stuff for her or like helping stepping her stepping up in those different ways so i feel like maybe that was her reason of like you know her yeah. being like oh, why do you have to move away mm-hmm. why don't you just go to school here yeah or maybe like her other part could be like or maybe a little bit of both of her way of saying oh, my child is growing up and i don't want her to grow up and i want her to stay here forever mm-hmm. and maybe it was a little bit of both i don't know yeah like I wish I could ask her that because I feel like that would be a really good conversation to have with the parent. Like, why were you so scared of me moving out? Yeah. Like, why Why was it so hard for you to let go? That is a good question. Alex. And I feel like even for us, at least for myself, I mean, I think it would have been hard for me to tell her, hey, mom, I'm moving out of state will be because 
in the back of my mind, I would have been like, oh, my God, like, I'm moving away from my mom. Like, there's not going to be nobody there to help her out. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary to do all by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember that conversation. I was very scared to talk about this with my mom. Mm -hmm. Because I think, like, slowly I I was like, okay, I'll go to UTV, which was the – it's now UTRGV. Um, but I was like, I'll go to the college nearby us. It's only like 30 minutes away. And then I was like, no, I'll go to Corpus Christi. And then slowly it kind of became this thing of like, no, I have more opportunity to go in other places farther away. And when I made a decision, I was like, I think I'm going to leave. It was hard for me to tell her because I think no matter like how our relationship was back then, it it was still it's still hard to go away from somewhere that you feel so comfortable in mm-hmm. um and that was hard for me to do and she she was also like very emotional like the times i believe like the first few years she would cry when she came to drop me off um but i think it, it had more to do with like she was gonna miss me and i i i, I even like wonder now like was it a thing of like what like I'm trying to like think uh, like put myself in her shoes and try to like think of like how how she perceived it like was it that she thought that I was running away from home or was it that I was like running away from her mm. or something you know so now I think about that but I, I don't know who's to say but it was a very difficult conversation because those expectations like you don't want to that you're so responsible for so much at such a young age like in cynthia's episode she mentions like having to read very important documents for your parents and (laughs) doing all those things and and i was more open to doing those things than my brother i feel like um so some of that kind of fell on me or at least i felt that way and i feel like that you have those people who are afraid to have the conversation of moving away and moves they end up moving away but then then you have those people like those first gens or anyone in general who avoid having the conversation so they just end up not moving away mm-hmm. because they're having doubts of like no because if i move i have to stay like i have to stay and like help mm-hmm. out i have to do this that responsibility of them and it sucks that like we are so afraid to have these conversations because you what if, you never know like what if you would have had this conversation with your parents and they would have been like see me home mija like go ahead like go for it but in the back of your mind you were so scared to have it because you're like no what if they don't want me to yeah and and i feel like at least that's the thing for me i've been a big doubtful person i've been so like hard like when it comes to um i've been a very indecisive person for the same reason of like the what ifs like what if no what if they're not okay with it or mm-hmm. like what if it's not right and i feel like this question of wanting to move away whether you go to college or not just in general is just very hard and i feel yeah. like a lot of people want to go ahead and do this big step and they don't end up doing it because of that fear of, of like fear. what their parents might think yeah, yeah. So if you're out there and wanting to move away, have this conversation with your parents. Yeah. Don't be afraid of what's going to happen and whether the result is work it out. Like maybe, hey, I can come and visit every two weeks or once a month, depending on where you're moving, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming with an agreement because you also have to live your life. You have to learn to be your own person. Exactly. And if you're going to stay behind because of 
this person or that person. Yeah, like, like if you stay, if you stay home, stay because you want to stay, not because you feel this sense of responsibility to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, and I think that exactly. kind of goes hand in hand with like the traumas that we experience, like growing up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, because to a certain extent, not to say that everyone who grows up with this mentality is, you know, has gone through trauma, but. It is some. It, it is traumatic, or it does live leave a big imprint on you to grow up with these expectations. Like even as a child, like I am responsible for reading these this paperwork that's really important for my parents and to get it right every time. Mm-hmm. Like that is a big, like response. Like that's a big responsibility to have. Um, and like growing up with that sense of responsibility for your parents, which they are the ones who have to take care of you. But I think that in this, in, in, in our community and in, in, within our traditions, like, it is something that is celebrated. Like, oh, tus hijos te cuidan muy bien, which, yes, you know, we, we take care of our family. But to feel like we have to base all of our decisions based off that extended family is, is a lot of pressure. And that, within and of itself, can be traumatic. Exactly. And then that kind of an idea, I don't know, who knows, maybe you grow up like that now you're a parent of your own and now you're expecting your children to have the same mentality oh bitch the yeah. conversations that i've had with like with some family members about that is oh it, it's those kinds of like when i read this response about having a difficult conversation it's all about trauma like you know it's this kind of idea oh, the traumas yeah. they have caused you yeah yeah like you can go up to your parent and be like because of you i'm like this <laughs> Because they're going to be like, well, well, I'm sorry I didn't raise you good enough. Or like, yeah, I didn't. because, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to be like, well, why Why don't you just, well, the, I can already hear the parents saying, well, es que no tenía lo suficiente. Te pude, hizo lo que pude. Mm-hmm. Or like stuff like that. Yes, yes. Because it, in, in sharing, it, in, in sharing that trauma is essentially saying like the way that you parented me was not okay. Mm-hmm. Which, yes, it is, but it's n- it's not like a... Parents get very defensive. Parents get very defensive because... Like, inclusive con mi familia, and because I'm a therapist and because I see a therapist and I've done a lot of, like, healing of myself, of, like, my inner child and all that, I have come to realize a lot of the things that I experienced growing up or maybe things that I didn't need to experience. Mm-hmm. And that has been itself like very a very difficult conversation to have with my mom because every time that I do bring it up or that we do talk about it, she's like, but I was here. I was here. Your dad wasn't here all the time, but I was here. So how are you affected by me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it, it's really hard for her to hear because she takes she's she's always thought herself as like, I am the one who I am the parent that has done the most for you. But essentially like the, this just being there does not protect us from the emotional harm that sometimes we have carried on. I think the parent becomes a defensive parent where they're like, I did the most that I could. Like, I'm not saying that you didn't. I'm just saying that because of what you did, I feel like, yeah, and and it comes to this idea of like, so estás like no estás apreciando lo que hice. Uh huh. That's what I'm saying. Like this defensive parent of like, you're reading everything so wrong. Like I'm not yeah. saying that you're not a great parent. parent. I'm just saying that what 
what I lived growing up has made me this way. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate everything you did, but it has still affected me yeah. to some extent. It, and it, and it's those kinds of things of like if you don't talk about it, then it's gonna continue happening over and over again. Oh, back to that conversation of boundaries. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I the talking to your parents about trauma that they have not necessarily caused you, but the results of how they were as a parent. It's not maybe not because they intended to. It's just a result of what they know. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes feel for my parents sometimes like you know in a way of like whenever they tell me stories of growing up mm-hmm. i am very grateful for what they give for what they gave me and what like you know who i am today because i mean they taught me a lot mm-hmm. and i feel like they gave me what they, with what they could with what they had and i feel like sometimes it's those kind of trauma that happens because with, with with intentionally like and then it's not like the intention for them to cause us trauma like yeah oh you're gonna have trauma like all your life no it's it's because of resources and it's like stuff that happens when like you know when life happens yeah or they learn <laughs> this from their parents and i do gotta say like i i do think that every generation encompasses some sort of trauma and they change depending mm-hmm. on like what route they take they change a certain aspect of that and evolve to make a better living situation for their offsprings. But there's still some things that aren't able to be resolved within that generation. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, we can have a parent who is not very emotionally available or doesn't have a lot of income and is very poor. And then, and then the next generation comes and they work a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot to be able to provide for, you know, for for the family and give them what they didn't have as a child, mm-hmm. you know, thinking of that money wise. But then the next generation comes in and they're like, well, you weren't there for me. You were working exactly. all the time. Where is my emotional availability when they were just trying to get the basic needs met? So I think to some extent, like they're, each generation does evolve and get better, yeah. but we still remain with some trauma that hasn't been resolved. Exactly. And now that you think about, like, you're talking about this, I, like, I remember, like, being in, like, elementary school, middle school, mostly elementary school and middle school, whenever I was, like, in extracurricular activities in school. Mm-hmm. My parents used to work, like, yeah. full-time. Like, my dad used to work in construction all my life, and my mom used to be uh, she used to work in a cleaners so she used to wear like all these early hours long hours and my dad the same thing so i used to do all these extracurriculars and never they they never showed up they never used to go to my games they never used to do anything and then in my like growing up i'm like no les importaba yeah it's a whole different like like, no les importaba so like me growing up like no i don't want to be the parent because that mattered for me and it like showing up matters kind of thing you know and it's kind of like my parents obviously intentionally they like obviously they wanted to be there they wanted yeah. to be present but they weren't able to they weren't able to yeah and it's those kinds of like traumas that like you're talking about yeah that develop every yeah and if you're trying to have a conversation about the traumas that your parents have you know caused you to some extent like it is gonna take a while to set in because Parents are going to be defensive. Exactly. Parents are going to have to sit down and really think think about this and sit with their emotions of like, damn, like, 
you know, I tried my bestest mm-hmm. because essentially you're, you're, I think they seem to, to see it as like a way of like, you're criticizing me. Exactly. Me estás criticando en la forma en que yo te di todo. And essentially saying like it wasn't good enough kind of thing, but it was, it just didn't meet some of your other needs. Exactly. But it, it is always a difficult conversation. If, if you are trying to have that conversation, it can always be mediated, <laughs> family therapy, <laughs> um, or even just like sprinkle in, sprinkle it in, in several different occasions, because it is, it is a very, very difficult, I think this is the most difficult conversation to have with a parent. I think so too. And I think it's just because there's so much behind it. Like, yeah, it's going to bring up topics from that are not even yes. in the question or in the conversation. Yeah. And I think about like even dynamics within my grandparents and my and my parents. And I'm like, why don't you talk to them about this? And they're like, no, this is just who they are. And I'm like, oh, hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I see so. And I'm like, are they? That doesn't that doesn't excuse their behavior. Excuse me, ma'am. We are breaking generational curses in this family. Exactly. But yeah. That that one is 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 a toughie, toughie. Um, but on a lighter note, alcohol. How did you have that conversation with your parents? I don't know that you guys had a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny how we just merged from trauma. Now I have an alcohol problem <laughs> because of the trauma I had growing up. I'm just kidding, guys. No, but I feel like that's a conversation that you don't have with parents and then at least i didn't like at least in my family are like men especially more men they start drinking at like 13 14 yeah don't call cps on those guys or anyone that's just parents are involved so it's technically legal (laughs) for us like at least i mean my family was a bit different because we like i know i have always said that we're very traditional but there's certain things who that we're not very traditional about like example women drinking i feel like there's those family that are like oh, esa mujer está tomando like why is she drinking yeah okay se ponga super borracha yeah, y like, que que and yeah. stuff. my family we don't care like we have always been like yeah men and women drink and yeah. that's it like but there's those family that are like uh-uh you're a woman you're not allowed to drink yeah yeah i think for my family i don't know that we there was ever a talk of like okay you can drink now (laughs) same you know i think like whenever we did have like parties and stuff my mom would be like okay and then just leave it at that and and then like slowly it i think i think my mom accepted more of me drinking when i moved Mm-hmm. Like when I moved out of home, that's when I was like things were a little bit better within that. But there is always like I told you this 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 talk of like well te tienes que portar bien, no quiero que andes de ridícula, no sea sinvergüenza, no te no tomes tanto, cuídate, um, no dejes tus bebidas solas, si vas al baño llévate tu bebida contigo, yeah. pero tampoco no te hagas de ridícula, you mm-hmm. know like don't don't do all the shit you did in college. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like <laughs> I, there you have those people, at least in my way of viewing it, I enjoy drinking with my family. 
Like, yeah. I enjoy showing up who I am to my family instead of hiding it. Like, uh-huh. I'm not going to be, like, drinking behind them and then in front of, like, in front of my family. Ah, yo no tomo, I'm a saint. Soy una santa, yo no tomo. I'm like, yeah. no, BS. But, but if, you do th- <laughs> if you do that, like, still listen to us. Still listen. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment in no that. Judgment I mean, <laughs> just be true to yourself, to be honest. Like, I feel like if your parents don't let you drink, maybe you should have that conversation. Be like, por que no? Why but not? also, like, don't be 18 still living with them and then having that conversation because I think that's another different. Yeah. But I feel like with alcohol, it also merges with purity. Like, they're, like, in the way of, like, oh, ya eres una señorita, ya eres un... Puedes tomar poquito. Puedes tomar poquito. I feel like that's how it started with my family. Yeah. Like, oh, you're 15? Okay, you can have, like, yeah. a little bit. And yeah. no más poquito. Yeah. Put more, pu- pu- put more squirt than... <laughs> then whatever you're pouring. Then the, the actual <laughs> liquor, yeah. Um, I think, like, in terms of, like, alcohol and, I guess, like, puberty, yes. But, like, just, like, the awkward conversations of, of, like, your body changing and stuff was very different for me. I don't know. Was it different? I, in honestly, what way? I don't know. <laughs> it was different I but know. i just was don't it, know how. was it different i don't, honestly don't really remember i just remember waking up one day and like having my period and like knowing i was gonna get my period soon but i didn't know how it's gonna affect me as much like you know in terms of cramps and stuff but i i don't know if there was this big like difficult conversation with them to have because i uh, it it wasn't really much like shamed in my family it was something that we knew happened and we didn't talk to others about as much it's the same thing with alcohol Ah, yes. It's the same thing with alcohol. Like, I don't know where you're like. Ya eres un really puberto. Talk- yeah. <laughs> you're puberto. Eres un puberto. Hando, eres un puberto. Like, you're, you had puberty. Yay. Okay. Like, yeah. They don't really tell you. It's the same thing with alcohol. They don't really tell you. Like, it's just something that happens, y'all. It's a part of. Life happens. It's, it's just part of growing up. <laughs> and I feel like that's another hard, like, thing to like hard conversation to have with parents because i used i remember whenever i started drinking i never used to like have sit down with my parents and like okay so what can i drink or can no puedo tomar or que si puedo tomar or cuanto or like what happens after i drink oh i get a cruda like a hangover like yeah, what do i do to cure it and, like it's the same thing with purity like oh i have my period or uh, i have pubic hair now or like stuff like that <laughs> hey mom <laughs> like it's not like those com- kind of conversations that you're just like sit down and be like so what do i do now like at least for my case like i remember whenever i had my period like my mom didn't tell me my options she was just like here is a pad you said yeah i didn't know there were such things as other options like tampons yeah. the cup or anything like that i didn't know there was more to it all i grew up knowing was just like oh there's yeah or just like even like the big not rumors like the big ideas around like puberty and stuff of like how like your mood changes and how it affects people around you and stuff i don't know i feel like i'm puberty really freaked me out right now I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very dark time of my life <laughs> but i feel uncomfortable suddenly <laughs> that's what purity is guys yeah. it makes you feel uncomfortable, makes you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you're in the middle of am i a child or am i an adult <laughs> yeah neither well, of those 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they kind of said on you. Like, ya eres una señorita, te tienes que portar como una señorita. But then yet again, if you want to do something, you're like, no, todavía no tienes la edad. Yeah. Que todavía estás so it's a like, very huh? weird, like, <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like that's how conversations with parents are. They're, I don't know. They're very hard, very awkward, very unexpected, I guess. Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like you can have those conversations, but they just happen without being planned. Yeah. I agree, but I, I think it's smart to kind of prepare when things do come out uh, or do come up, like, because obviously you don't want to have a conversation when alcohol is involved. Exactly. Um, but you also don't want to come, like, prepare to just destroy <laughs> every relationship you have in your exactly. Um But being patient, I think, with our traditional parents sometimes can come in handy um be mindful yeah be mindful that it takes some time like they have this perspective of you and although you may not live in that perspective it's it's a part of their child that they might grieve Mm -hmm. um in a sense like waiting for you to have sex until you get married like there's a part that they're like they're gonna be like oh but i really wanted you to do this and so that expectation has been kind of canceled out and they're grieving that um so giving them some of that grace you know i talked to veronica about this about grieving shout out veronica (laughs) yeah (laughs) about grieving the person who you were and i feel like that's how parents are Mm -hmm. like whenever you have these conversations or whenever something happens like getting pregnant without being married or moving out to call it like moving away from college yeah. it's not that they're crying because they're disappointed of you i feel like they're crying the person that you were in now. their mind yeah or they're they're crying because now you're not like you know their baby anymore yeah now you're a, an, Your a person, person who's about to have a baby of their own or an, an adult about to move on to mm-hmm. make a life of their own like you know all of these things and I like to think about it that way. I like to think about them not crying that you're that they're disappointed, or them, like you know, giving you the their back or anything. Yeah, it's not that they're disappointed. I just feel like, like you said, they're grieving yeah. the person yeah. that you were. Yeah, well, before this big step. Uh huh. Well, it's also easier to like be angry than be hurt. Exactly. So I know especially in our like latino community like it's a lot easier to be angry to show anger instead of crying and feeling hurt and admitting like that that hurts Mm -hmm. so that's why parents can or just in general anyone can become defensive and angry about something or feedback that you might have for them Mm -hmm. um so just try to think about like what other emotions they might be feeling as well and it's not your responsibility to make them feel better. It's not. It's on them. It's on them to be able to cope with what's going on and for them to accept you. It's just just be just give them that that grace. Give them that time. Maybe maybe don't talk to them for a couple of weeks or maybe don't have those deep conversations for a while until you feel like enough time has passed that they have been able to deal with it to some extent and Mm -hmm. then reopen that because if you go too hard too soon things can get wild Mm -hmm. yeah i I like how you said give them time because i feel like not only are you giving them time but you're Mm -hmm. giving yourself time to kind of like put your thoughts together on like am i what if whatever i'm gonna say is it 
okay to say it or yeah, am I going like, to be too this... hard on them because yeah. we don't want to say something that we're later going to regret. Yeah, like we don't want to be rude when we have yeah. these conversations with them. We just want to be civil and get the point across like go back to our boundaries, you know, episode and like really think about what is the message that I'm trying to be clear about and how am I going to say it to mm-hmm. to the extent that I'm not intentionally hurting them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, this was such a great topic. I just feel I know, like... It was a good one. I just feel like I, I want to go back to being 18, 19 and having conversations with my parents. Uh, I don't know about them, <laughs> but... <laughs> I feel like I'm ready. <laughs> okay, well, while you go back in time, I will wait for you over here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, we hope you guys like this episode. Um, send us your feedback. Uh, keep in touch with us. Yeah. Stay in us. our socials. Yeah. If you guys do try to have difficult conversations with your parents or just with anyone in general, email us. Tell us how it went. Um, except if it didn't go great, then don't email us. I know. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> still email us. We want to hear everything. We'll be here to support. And we are. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us on this new episode and hope you guys like it and enjoy it and can't wait to sh- share another one. Subscribe. Share. Y acuérdense. Aquí si lloramos. Sí